and uh, that you've had a good week so far. Well, I do believe you're going to be blessed by this message. And it's a message that uh, is actually not mine. I need to say that up front. And it's a message that I heard on Christian TV. And it is so good that I decided to take notes uh, and to bring, bring this message um, to you this morning. Uh, as you know, Pastor Lindsay and I are phasing out of, of VS, and it's one of the last messages that I'm going to be bringing to you uh, in this year. And uh, for me, if I had to choose a message to bring to you, it would be this one. And uh, this message uh, I heard preached on Christian TV by Apostle Kevin Millfield. I hope I pronounced his name correctly. And uh, so I want to acknowledge him right from the beginning of his message. It is not my message. I need to make that very clear. Uh, I've taken notes from his message. I just want to say thank you, Apostle Kevin Millfield, for giving us such powerful insight into what is rightfully ours uh, from the Lord. Amen. This message, uh, he named it the four blessings, and that's what I'm going to call it, the four blessings. And if you got your Bible, just turn with me to Galatians chapter 3, verses 11 to 14. It says, but, but that no one is justified by the law in the, sight of, in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, as it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham, now take note, this is the first blessing, the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, that's us, in Christ Jesus, that we might receive a promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. Now, throughout this message, I want you to remember one thing. We receive everything from God, whatever he intends for us, whatever promises he made to us, through the exercise of faith. None of these are automatic. They come through the exercise of faith. So, the four blessings. The first blessing, as we read just now, is the blessing of Abraham. Many of us have read the scripture, which I've just read to you several times. But how many of us have understood that the day we got saved, the blessing of Abraham became ours to receive by faith? I must tell you, I, it never entered my heart. I don't know about you, but this is a very important scripture. The blessing of Abraham is huge. And... Uh, but I never understood the day I got saved, this blessing became available to me. The day you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, immediately you receive the blessing of Abraham. The day you receive Jesus as your Lord and, as, and Savior, and you were transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of a son of his love, of his love a kingdom of light, the blessing of Abraham became yours to receive by faith. It became yours to receive. You see, Abraham was a great man of faith. And the day you were born again, you received a blessing of faith to move mountains, faith for healing, 
faith for business, faith for family, faith for every aspect of your life because you receive the blessing of Abraham and all that comes with it. This is very powerful. You know, you have the seed of faith in you because you receive the blessing of Abraham. So God spoke to Abraham. This is the story, and this is a very brief version. You can read in your Bible. He spoke to Abraham. He said, leave your country. And everything that Abraham knew, God says, leave and go. So when Abraham asked him, where am I going, Lord? God said to him, when you start walking, I'll start talking. In other words, you get going. You get going. And when you start walking, I'll start telling you where we're going. I'm, I'm smiling because I did this once when I was a young man. I wasn't married. I was single. I was alone. I had leave, a lot of leave. And I decided to get on my car and go and explore South Africa. I came out the gate. I said, which way am I going to go, left or right? I decided left, so I turned left. And the road took me somewhere. When I got to a T-junction, I thought, which way should I turn, right or left? Right. So I turned right. And I kept going. As long as the road took me until I got to another T-junction, which way should I go? Left or right. And so I went for two weeks. I must say after two weeks, it became a bit boring, so I came back home. But it was amazing. I've seen amazing places that I never thought if I'd planned my trip that I would ever have seen. And so God said to Abraham, just keep going. I'll tell you as you go along, don't worry where you're going right now. Just leave your country. Just leave, go through the gate and walk out. Amen. Now, part of the blessing of Abraham is to break familiarity. To break familiarity. This is how God works. Many of us are comfortable with our home, our culture, our environment. We, we're familiar with these things and we get comfortable with it. And we get stuck in a cycle of familiarity. But the blessing of Abraham says, there is more for you. Abraham, I want you to leave this country because there is more for you. There is better for you. And until you break out of your comfort zone, until you break out of what's familiar to you, where you feel comfortable, you cannot get the greater picture. And God is saying the same to you this morning. Until you break that cycle where you're comfortable in what you're familiar with, you cannot get the greater picture. You may say, but God, where are we going? Where are we going? Where are you taking me? God says, you start walking, like he said to Abraham, and I will start talking. You know, the Bible says the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. And this is my testimony. Pastor Lindsay will tell you, this is my testimony. I don't ask the Lord to tell me well ahead of time where I'm going, what I'm going to minister. No. The steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. And so Abraham was, his, because of his faith, it was counted as righteousness for him. And he had to start walking. He had to let God direct his steps without telling him where he was going. And God is saying the same to you. Don't get stuck into what you are comfortable with, what you are familiar with, because he's got more for you. If you're prepared to walk, he will show you where to go. Many of you know that there is more that God wants for you. And you want that more in your life. But you need to be willing to break out of your familiar cycle and allow God to take you to the new. He's got a new, 
future for you, something bigger, something greater. And so that's the first uh, part of a blessing of Abraham to break from away from the family from the familiarity. Another part of a blessing of Abraham is that he begins to God begins to turn up the volume of his voice in your life. He begins to speak to you. You know, Abraham was minding his own business. He was there in his country, which is today called Iraq. And he was there, and he was quite wealthy. He had, he had servants and a beautiful family and so on and so on. And suddenly God began to turn up the level of his voice in his life. And so that's the second blessing of Abraham. He begins to turn up the volume of his voice in your life. He begins to speak to you about things that don't make sense to you and to your closest connections. Things that say, God, is that you? You know, Abraham was amazing. He obeyed the Lord. It's absolutely amazing. So God tells Abraham that he's going to bless him, to multiply him, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed because of him. Now, please understand that at that time, Abraham's wife, Sarah, well, she was called Sarai at that time, was barren. Abraham had no children, and God says to him, he says, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to multiply you, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed because of you. Well, of course, Sarai, who knew, of course, she was barren, uh, was listening, and she begins to laugh because she knows him. She, and, and she's familiar with Abraham. By the time Abraham is old already, and so is she. So you need to be careful who you associate with, because Sarai mocked Abraham. She mocked him. She said, oh, oh man, you, you, something's wrong with you getting too old. You, you're getting senile. And so you've got to be careful because these people may think that the word of the Lord to you seems ridiculous because they know you so well. Just like Sarah, I laughed and mocked Abraham. But God begins to talk to Abraham about multiplication. And so part of the blessing of Abraham is that God wants to multiply you. He will multiply the seed that you sow. He will multiply the work of your hands, your businesses, your creative ideas. Everything you touch will begin to multiply. This is part of the blessing of Abraham that he wants for you. He wants to multiply you. And if you would put your faith in that promise of multiplication that God made to Abraham, which is now available to us, God will begin to multiply everything you put your hand to. A part of a blessing of Abraham is that you have been blessed to be a blessing, to be a life changer, and you need a multiplication of resources, financial resources, human resources, strength, uh, vision, creativity, all of these things. You need a multiplication in order to be a blessing and a life changer to others around you. And you know what? God would not give you such a great responsibility without equipping you to accomplish it, giving you the resources that you need to do it. He wants it for you. You've got to put your faith in that and begin to receive the fullness of what God wants for you. We can't afford not to be blessed if we are to be the eyes, the hands, the feet, the hands of Jesus, his mouthpiece to the world. We need resources. God wants to use me as a provider, as a protector, as one who can meet the needs of the poor where necessary, the widows, all of these things which is in scripture. And he wants to use you in the same way. You and I need resources in order to do this. So that's part of the blessing of Abraham. And 
That's what God wants for you. So part of the blessing of Abraham is the ability to produce the promise even after you've produced the problem. Now you remember the story. Abraham, Sarah was barren. God had spoken to Abraham as we saw earlier on, promised him a son and multiplication in due time. And then they waited, they waited, they waited, nothing happened. Eventually Sarah, his wife said, why don't you take my servant, Agar? She's not barren and maybe you can have a child. So they decided to make a plan instead of letting God do it in his time. So this guy called Ishmael was birthed. That was a mistake. Amen. He wasn't the son of promise. The son of promise would come through a miracle that God would do between Abraham and Sarai. And so we see later on Isaac was born. Amen. So God, part of the blessing of Abraham is the ability to produce the promise even after you have produced the problem. He is able to produce the Isaac that you need even if you've produced an Ishmael by making your own plan. Amen. Because the blessings of Abraham uh, are generational, and so uh, we need to understand that uh, the blessing flows from generation to generation. We cannot talk about the blessing of Abraham without looking at his son of promise, Isaac. As we know, if you've made mistakes... The mistake is not a problem for God. He will still give you the promise if you put your faith in that. Amen. So the second blessing is the blessing of Isaac. You see, part of the blessing of Isaac comes to us as the proof that the promise will always prevail over the problem. The promise will always prevail over the problem if we put our faith in it. Amen. So the blessing of Isaac says that even though you messed up, even though you got in the way, does not mean that God is finished with you. That's awesome. We all make mistakes, right? But it doesn't mean we've reached the end of the road with God. So part of the blessing of Isaac is that now I will have the ability to deal with the problem, with the mistake. In Abraham's case, the promise, Isaac, which is Isaac, and the problem, which is Ishmael, lived under the same roof for a time. And Abraham had a bit of a dilemma. He had these two sons. He knew the one was a mistake. The one was a promise. But like you, if you read, I don't have time to go into detail here. You need to understand you do not have to feed the promise as well as a mistake. One of them has to go. You have to make a decision. One of them has to go. And so part of the blessing of Isaac is that God will take care of your mistake for you. Wow. Sometimes we think we made a mistake, it's irreversible. It's not. Not for God. Perhaps for you, but not for God. And so you need to let that mistake go. You need to let God take care of it. Amen. So Abraham had to let go of a mistake, which is a smile, as God instructed him in order to focus on the promise, which is Isaac. And as you know, uh, God uh, took uh, 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 Hagar and Ishmael out of, of Abraham's uh, area and sent them into the wilderness and promised to look after them. 
So the mistake that you produce, like in this case, it's, it's human beings, it's Ishmael. He's actually the son of Abraham. God, God took care of him. He made promises of blessing to him. But he took them out of Abraham's uh, sphere of influence so that Abraham could focus on the promise. And that is what God will do. If you give him your mistake, he'll take care of it. Amen. So we pick up the story in Genesis 26, verses 12 and 13. It says, Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper. He continued prospering until he became very prosperous. You need to understand what happened here. The context of that scripture. There was a famine in the land. But it wasn't just a famine. There was a famine before this famine. And this famine came on top of a previous famine. So you can imagine, there was nothing. And we see something here which is so powerful. Isaac began. He continued and he became. And so he began to plow, he continued to sow, and he prayed until he became very prosperous. He began to prosper, he continued to prosper, he became very prosperous. You see, there is no, no stopping us until we become everything that God has promised us. Glory to God. If you read the beginning of Genesis 26, you will find, as I said, there was a famine which came on top of an existing famine. So it was bad. Isaac wanted to get help from Egypt. That's speaking of the world. But God stopped him and he told him he was to stay and plant right there in the famine where he had placed him. So Isaac plowed, he sowed, and he prayed for rain, but nothing happened for a number of years. He began, he continued, he became. He plowed, he sowed, and he prayed. He continued doing that. The result of that is below the ground, there was a stacking of seed that took place. And it was stacking, he was stacking seed after seed after seed. Every time he planted, it was new seed stacked and stacked and stacked. And so part of the blessing of, of, of Isaac is to unleash the dormant seed that has been stacked until the heavens open over you. And that seed is not just the one you've planted, but it could be the seed that comes from generations before you, your parents, your father, your grandfather, generational. And God will unleash that accumulated seed to you if you would receive a blessing of Isaac by faith, believing that you are entitled to it. The seed is in the ground. It has to produce food when God opens the heavens. Do you get that? And perhaps you've sowed, perhaps you've planted and you see, but nothing's happened. I've sowed finances, I've brought my tithe. But let me tell you, keep planting. Continue, don't stop. Keep planting, keep praying. The day will come when God will bless that seed and the blessing will be enormous because it's not just the seed you planted last year, but it's a seed you planted for many years before that. So the Bible says Isaac received a hundredfold and that hundredfold actually means the maximum that the seed could produce, the maximum, the best return that that seed could produce. As we said earlier on, the blessing is generational. And we cannot look to the blessing of Abraham we look at the without looking at the blessing of Isaac. And it's there for you. And we cannot look at the blessing of Isaac without looking at his son, Jacob. The blessing of Jacob. So the third blessing 
is the blessing of Jacob. This is interesting because the name Jacob means deceiver, trickster. He, that's what it means. He was a deceiver. He was a liar. He was not the firstborn of his household. But you know what? If you read the story, I, I can't have time to go in detail. He tricked his blind father, Isaac, to bestow upon him the blessing of a firstborn instead of to his brother Esau, who was actually the firstborn, who his father had sent out hunting. His father was blind, so he couldn't see well. He was old, and he told his son Esau, the firstborn, to go hunting and bring him some venison. And Jacob and his mother, during the time when Esau was out, they began to plot this thing. And so he disguised himself to smell like his brother Esau and, 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 so, and to feel like he put things on his arm. His brother Esau was very hairy and he put hairs and I don't know exactly what he did, but he looked and he smelled like him. And then he went to his father and said, I'm your son, your firstborn, put your blessing upon me. So part of the blessing of Jacob is I get more than everybody else because the blessing of a firstborn gave you special favor. You had more than the rest of the family. And so uh, uh, what happened is, is, is that Isaac blessed Jacob and gave him the, the blessing of a firstborn. It comes with special rights and privileges that no one else gets in the family. It gives me promotion. It elevates me. It puts me in a higher class. It puts me ahead of others. The blessing of the firstborn is a blessing of divine favor. And that blessing is available to you. So, of course, when Esau comes back from hunting, he finds out what happened. He goes to his father, Isaac. He tells him that he has blessed the wrong one and made a huge mistake. Isaac says this, yes, your, your brother has done this. He has lied. He's deceived me. But it's not about his character. It's about my blessing. My blessing is so powerful that once I've given it, no one can take it away. So Jacob was blessed. He received a blessing of the firstborn. So once God has blessed you, there is nothing that you can do about it. You are blessed. And I want you to receive that by faith this morning. Declare it. I am blessed. I am blessed. The blessing of Jacob is irrefutable. It's irrevocable. However, even though he was a deceiver, when he received a blessing, he deceived his father. He chose not to remain that way. And that's a pattern for us to follow. We have things in our lives that are ungodly, but we have to learn to pursue God because it's only through him that we can change. So the Bible says that he went into the wilderness and there he had an encounter with God and he wrestled with him all night and he would not give up until he got what he was looking for. What was he looking for? He said, I will not let you go until you bless me. <laughs> this is amazing. So he wrestled with God all night. Imagine that. Part of the blessing of Jacob is the blessing of tenacity. To not give up. To be like a dog with a bone. Not give up until. It's a blessing that says, I will hang on to this thing. I'm not going to give up. I'm not leaving until I get what I came for. I'm not going to give up until God changes my life forever. So Jacob sorry, wrestled with God until he got a name change. You need to understand that name denotes nature. His name was Jacob, deceiver. That was his nature, deceiver. And his name was changed by God from deceiver, Jacob, to Israel, which is prince of God, 
royalty. That's what it means. God changed his name. Not only that, the Bible tells us that while he was wrestling with God, his hip was dislocated during this wrestling. He could not walk the same as before. So part of the blessing of Jacob is that your walk will change in an instant. You won't walk the same way anymore. People will recognize you and say, yeah, this is Jacob. But he doesn't walk like Jacob. He walks differently. People will look at you and say, something's changed in your life. Something is not the same. It looks like Pastor Michel, but doesn't walk. His walk is not the same. Something shifts and changes in your walk. And we're not talking, obviously, of your physical walk, but your disposition, your lifestyle, the choices you make, your attitude, all of that will change. You might look like Jacob, but you will walk like Israel. You might look like a deceiver, but you will walk like royalty. Glory to God. You may have been walking like a deceiver for many years, but now you walk like royalty, like a child of a king, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I want you to declare this this morning. I may look like Jacob, but I walk like Israel. Declare that with me. Thank God that he changed my name from deceiver to royalty. Thank God that I have a divine advantage. Glory to God. So I want you to declare this with me today. Just say this. I have the blessing of Abraham. I have the blessing of Isaac. I have the blessing of Jacob. There's one more blessing to go. The fourth blessing is a blessing of Obed-Edom. Now, this is the story of David wanting, King David wanting to bring uh, the Ark of the Covenant, which had stayed with the Philistines for years. He recovered it, and David loved God so much, he wanted to bring it back into the city of David. And he had a beautiful cart built. He put, he put the Ark of the Covenant on there, and it was being transported when... It, Something happened, some of the oxen tripped them, and then what happened is the cart, the, the, the cart toppled, and the Ark of the Covenant was about to fall when this guy called Uzzah he put his hand to stop the Ark of the Covenant from falling to the ground, and God killed him right there and then. And we pick up the story in 2 Samuel 6, verses 10 and 11. It says, so David would not move the Ark of the Lord with him into the city of David. But David took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. So David, when he saw what happened, he saw what was, he said, no, I'm not taking the ark of the covenant, which is where the presence of God dwelt. I'm not taking that into my, my area. I'm kind of, he was a little bit taken aback. So I'm not taking that kind of God there. Let me rather take him to this guy called Obed-Edom and leave him there for a while and then we'll take him there. So the, the, heart of, the heart of David was to bring the ark which carried the manifest presence of God back into, into the city of David. And as long as they had the ark, the, the ark with them, <clears throat> excuse me, they always won the battle. Hallelujah. But God never intended that the ark should be carried on an ox cart. His intention was that the ark would be carried by the priests of the house of God. And so that's why this happened. Amen. So what happened is that 
if you, uh, that scripture, going back to that scripture, it says the ark of the Lord remained at the house of Obed-Edom for three months and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Now, Obed-Edom had no idea. He, the, the, the knock, he heard a knock on the door, so to speak, went to open and there was the people bringing the ark of God into his home. And so the blessing of Obed-Edom is that when God shows up at your house, that, that God shows up at your house unexpected at times. He will just show up at your house. And the ark stayed there for three months. Three months is a period of seasons. Every season, in theory, is three months. Summer, spring, summer, autumn, winter. Three months are making all year. Amen. Three months speaks of a season. And the purpose of a season is to prepare us for the next season. So everything in Obed-Edom's house began to be blessed because the presence of God remained there for this season. And when God shows up at your household, in your life, unexpected, he is going to be there for a season and your life will be blessed. Why? Because the presence of God is with you. But the thing we have to remember is that this season prepares us for the next phase of our lives, the next season. And what is it that's uh, the next season? It's a new normal. In other words, God stays with you. He shows you the blessing so that you understand you don't have to remain like you were before because a new normal has just arrived in your life. And so your next season and your next season will also be blessed. So although you were not expecting God to show up in your household, he has done so in order to show you what you can have in the next season of your life. Today, we need the blessing of Abraham. We need the blessing of, a of Isaac. We need the blessing of Jacob and the blessing of Obed-Edom to come upon us. We receive those blessings by faith. Why? Because God wants it for you and for me as a believer in Christ Jesus. So I want you to declare this with me and receive those blessings in your life and in your household, in your businesses, in every, every aspect in your family. Receive them by faith. Declare this with me. Say this, today I receive a blessing of Abraham. I receive a blessing of Isaac. I receive a blessing of Jacob. I receive a blessing of Obed-Edom as God has come to dwell in my house because I willingly open the door to him. You know, when Obed-Edom heard the knocking on his door, he willingly opened the door, and God's presence came into his house. So declare this with me. I declare that in the next three months, the blessing is going to come upon me. I will be debt-free. I will be cancer-free. I will be fully healed. I will be out of addictions. I will have business and financial breakthrough. I will have transformation in my life and in my families. Declare this by faith over your life. Amen. And receive us four blessings. And then say this after me. Say, Father, we receive a blessing of Obedidom in our lives in the next three months in Jesus' name. Glory to God. I want to end this message by just praying over you and your household this morning 
and declaring the blessing and say, I want to pray. I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I release the blessing of Abraham, of the blessing of Isaac, the blessing of Jacob, the blessing of Obed-Edom over every person watching this session this morning. I release it, Father. Let them feel the anointing and your presence and your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen and amen, amen. Now, well, I trust you've been blessed by this message. You can listen to it again. I know it's a bit of a mouthful, but you know what? I, that's one of my last messages here at VS, and I want to leave that with you because I want you to be blessed. I want to come back in 20 years and see you blessed. Glory to God. Amen. God bless you all.